I mean, okay, look, when I first started using the new MacBooks, I didn't realize how much I missed the touch bar until it wasn't there. Like no, it would just bad, bad, bad take. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I've also realized how much online shopping I did because it would just automatically, I could scroll through, find my credit card, scroll through, find my address, like get those emojis and, you know, scrolling through. And I was like, oh my God, I used the touch bar way more than I thought. Now, yes, I have adjusted and I'm like, okay. Maybe I don't miss it as much, but it's interesting because I know there are a lot of people who do use it a lot and who do miss it. So I guess having options is never a bad thing, but it's it's interesting. Welcome to Geared Up. I'm Andrew Edwards. I am John Rettinger. John. Drew. We're doing this again, second week in a row. We get to stay weekly again for the first yes. time in a while. Yes, yes. We have a lot to talk about today. A lot of we rumors do. dropped literally this morning. It was like the whole show just got published this morning. Right. So I'm looking, okay, what are we going to talk about today? And then I open up my feed. Remember feed readers? No. Feed re- Come on. I don't know what you're talking about. Feed readers, bro. I'm 20. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> I was born with TikTok. <laughs> I open up my feed reader, which is how I consume all my news. And it's like just nonstop Apple news and rumors just dropping this morning. But before we get into any of that, we have to talk about our guest. Our special guest. Special guest. Absolutely. One of our favorite, if not our favorite guest of all time. Probably the best guest, I would say. Not only is she an expert in all things technology. Also one of the hardest working people in the entire industry. Mm-hmm. The tech industry, the creator industry, the whatever industry she decides to play in, she's number one. It's true. Ladies and gentlemen, she's also really good, apparently, at catching COVID. Ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> <laughs> Jenna Zarek, how are you doing? Wow. Hi. Thank you. You really talked me up and then you had to say good at catching COVID. I would just like to say I was really good at avoiding it for two you were. years. You were. And then it got me. But when I got it, you know, I was really the best at it. It got me. But thank you guys so much for having me. It's always great being on your on your podcast. And I miss you guys. I mean, I got to see you a couple months ago, so that was nice, but yeah. it's good to be back on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time to be here. Like I said, I know I was just playing with you, obviously, but I know you haven't been feeling good recently. You're getting over, trying to get over having COVID. And this is one of the first shows besides your own, obviously. It is. Same brain. Mm -hmm. That you've made an appearance on post-COVID, which only goes to speak towards your incredible tenacity. Agreed. And if you look in the back, by the way, of a lot of our shoots, there's a same brain mug. that's always kind of sitting, sitting back there showing you guys. So- I have, a, I have a question. I just want to, well, I want to jump you. in. I, I have a question from a video that Jenna posted on Twitter when she was driving Uh-oh. in a Tesla with her sister. Mm. Yes. Hit me. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Is the quality inside of that thing really that bad? I mean, there was like doors weren't closing. There was wait, wait, wait. fabric give falling us, off. Give us some background here. Okay. What are you talking I'll about? Let, I'll, let, I'll let Jenna give, give some background here. Okay. All right. So my sister, Justine, she has the new Tesla Model S Plaid. Okay. We're cruising, we're cruising. I look, I turn around, you know, I look in the back seat and I go, Justine, we were also kind of poking fun at, you know, the Tesla things on Twitter that day of everyone being like, you know, they're just known for having kind of bad yeah. manufacturing issues. And I turn around and I look at her car and I'm like, that's weird. Like where your door is supposed to meet, you know, like the car, like it is very, very not even. And she's like, yeah, you know, I also looked up at like where my window kind of is supposed to be like sealed in and like, it's not sealed and it's just kind of like falling off. And then I think she also said that like her bumper is like crooked to where it also meets the car. And these are just things that we quickly saw, you know, and this is like at least what, like $130,000 before tax car. So like, I feel like these are things where 
it shouldn't really be happening, but there's a lot of things that we noticed with her car and we weren't even looking for them. So we wonder what else is wrong. And you say anything about Tesla on the online space. <laughs> I think that community is probably the most toxic more than any of the, the iOS, Android folks, more than, more than anybody else. So did you get backlash for Dare pointing out imperfections in the car? A little bit, but it wasn't too bad. A lot of the people were like, why do you think you were able to get this car so easy? Like, obviously, somebody rejected this and didn't want the car. And she's like, oh, well, that's great. I got it then. The Tesla community, they do scare me. And that's why I always like to say, look, I love the technology. I love, like, I love Tesla. It's not for me because I just, like, I feel like I want a more, like, unique design and, like, a different car. In Los Angeles, every single car is a Tesla. But I'm like, look, it's not that I hate Tesla. I just want you know, it's not for me, but the technology and I guess they could obviously improve their manufacturing a little bit. But yeah, it's a scary community. So you have to be careful what you say. It's pronounced Tesla. Just please. Tesla. You will. Tesla. Tesla. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. That's, that's, that's something someone from the Tesla community <laughs> would, would want to interrupt with. Like you're not even saying it correctly. <laughs> Drew, your, your, your jokes, your jokes are not landy today. Hey, it's fine. I mean, you are you are over two. For jokes today, Drew. What was my what first happened? one? I don't even know what my first joke what? was. The best at catching COVID? Listen, that was an honest statement. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna solo host the rest of the podcast. There have been people who've had COVID three <laughs> times, okay? Yeah, you're out. This is our podcast now. <laughs> Shoddy workmanship. So so did this get fixed or anything? Did this get presented to Tesla to repair? No, this was like two days ago. Oh. So the door just doesn't the door closes, but you know, we're like, I'll, it's just, it's supposed to line up. Like there's lines from the door that go to like the right, car right, and it's right. just in like the carbon, like, it is not lined up at all. Like the door is higher than where the car line should that's meet weird. up. And it's just these little things like that. And you're like, that's not at all supposed to be happening. And you know, like the trim where it's like supposed to be tucked in, it's like falling down. It's, it's just not, not good quality control things. You're like, eh. and the car's not that old. I had a Model 3 that I picked up and didn't realize until later. So it was white, the white interior. Mm-hmm. One of my doors, one of my four doors had the black interior door. Oh. So it was just like, I had like three white doors <laughs> and just one door had like the black and the, like the wood look instead of the white. Like, what, who, how do you miss that? Like. It's a feature. Yeah. When I, when I picked up, <laughs> when I picked up my Model 3, the bumper wasn't attached. What? Like, you know, the, the, the bumpers <laughs> clip on with pins. Like one of the the pins on the far left side of the car just like was broken. And so the bumper was like dangling. And they're like, are you good with the car? I was like, the bumper's not attached. Wait a minute. You know what? My friend texted me the other day that he just did a software update. And he did the software update and it somehow messed up. No, it did not fix his bumper, but it messed up all of his screens. He's like, I had to drive home with no screens. He's like, I don't even know. Like I couldn't see nothing was coming on. Like I couldn't. He's like, I was just driving home and hoping for the best because there was literally nothing I could do. And I don't actually know if it's fixed yet because he's like, I just parked my car and I'll figure it out for another day. But yeah, it was a software update. (laughs) That's terrible. That's fun. That's the one thing that's weird is like, I think maybe only twice in the, I don't know how long I've owned, like maybe four years or so where I've been driving and it just reboots. But Mm -hmm. the fact that your car can not have an indicator of how fast you're going that just seems wild. I'm just guessing. I don't know. And you're supposed to be trusting these cars with your life. You know, like if you have on that Correct. autopilot, that's a lot of trust. 
I saw something on the news the other day when I was home on the East Coast because my parents loved the news where somebody had their Tesla on autopilot and they were watching a movie and it hit into a cop car that was on the side of the road pulling someone over and it smashed into them going like 40 miles per hour. Just almost killed like two people. God. I mean, obviously you shouldn't be watching movies and letting your car drive. You're supposed to be paying attention, sure. but scary. I go back and forth on Tesla. I drove Teslas for eight years. Had one of the very early Model S's yep. and I, I dared make the decision to buy a, a non-Tesla car and have, have felt the wrath of the Tesla community. People uh, got mad at you? Oh my God. <laughs> for you choosing what to do with your own money? And, insanely. After driving Tesla for eight years, these are people who probably you know, have maybe never had one or on their first Model 3 or Model Y. But the computers, I understand. I think when you get a Tesla, you are driving, and most modern EVs, a computer on wheels. And like any computer, it's going to reset itself. So... Yeah. I've heard a friend's example of that not working for a long period of time is crazy, but I'm sure we've all had to like, you know, reset the cars while you're driving and all screens go black for a few minutes. I don't know. I'm, a, I'm in a minority there, but I'm fine. Kind of fine with that. Are you an autopilot guy or do you like to actual drive? I was a pretty heavy autopilot guy. I, I loved autopilot except for full self-driving, which I used a few times, tried to murder me, and then I stopped using. Oh. Like actively. I mean, again, this is version maybe 10.6 I had. So this yeah. is before I turned my car back in. So. This may be outdated opinions, but it drove like you gave a 15 year old like day one, their learner's permit, <laughs> like day one. And like they kind of know the rules how to drive, but also they might make a left turn on a red light and try to kill you. Oh, they might God. also. But it might as well be a completely fine drive. Like it might be totally safe and fine. Yeah. You but get it the can also blade. save your life. Yeah. You know, you don't know what's the best example right. that I could give. <laughs> so does your car yet have the self drive like the autopilot style driving feature so it's broken up into two suites it's in dream drive and dream drive pro dream drive it's just like advanced adaptive cruise control stuff and that just got activated i think a couple weeks ago and then the dream drive pro is allegedly coming later this year i mean i'll i'll believe it when it ships and works but the car does have 32 sensors 16 cameras and lidar built in so i do imagine that some form of advanced or at least semi-advanced autonomy is coming you don't have a lidar sensor for no reason how is the current dream drive? It's good. It's a very smooth adaptive cruise control. I'm not a big adaptive cruise control guy. If I wanted like an autopilot thing, I want to like stay on the freeway for me. I don't mind pushing a pedal. Got it. Okay. Something else that happened. Well, let's start with what's happened today. Okay. A lot today. There's a lot today. But the first one, maybe the biggest story of the day. Truth Social, John, has launched officially. Truth Social is here. It has rocketed to number one on the App Store, Mm -hmm. at least Apple's. Well, it's only available on the iPhone right now. So Apple's App Store, which oddly enough is the platform that most of the users hate the most. Why is it not on Android? Why is it on iOS, which keeps us quieted and censored? I am not touching this one. I I will acknowledge (laughs) that yes, a, a, a new social media platform did indeed launch. Yes. We could talk about the flaws if you want. Because, like, look, I tried to download right. it. I'm trying to see the experience. They wouldn't let me sign up. I had to keep hitting refresh. So that's been my experience so far. Well, true, just a, for some background. So Truth Social is Donald Trump's Twitter competitor. If you go to the App Store and you look at the screenshots of the app, it looks like Twitter. The verification marks are red, though. Right. Instead of blue, they're red. Now, they're already having problems. They call the users truthers. So I'm using their terminology here. So all the truthers who want to abandon their Twitter accounts are currently on Twitter complaining about and seeking tech support for Truth Social, which 
is not working and is not allowing people to sign up for accounts. And the, the whole, when you go to the website, it's broken. I'm curious how this turns out. Now, full disclosure, I'm a proponent of being in as many platforms as you can be. That's, that's my take on things. So I signed up. I was able to like get through the process by like spamming the submit button over for like a thousand times getting to the next page. And then when I got to the end, it said, I'm like user like 103,000 in line to be let into. It's an impressive user base. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, the wow, that's... half the country, right? Might who, if you support Trump, you believe in censorship and believe that you just want to have free speech on social, you might be attracted to this. I just downloaded it because I knew we were going to be talking yeah. about it. So you can also just be curious if you download exactly. it. No, exactly. You know? Right. But also, Andrew, <laughs> did you say if you believe in censorship? What does that mean? How do you believe in censorship? Wait a minute. I meant the opposite. If you believe, no, yeah, if you, if you, you believe yeah. that Twitter is censoring you. Got it. If you okay. believe that censorship is happening and you want an alternative platform, that's what I meant. You can go here. Now, obviously, that is kind of the main message of this platform. But I think they also, if you look at the App Store listing, they're not leaning so hard into, into that messaging. They really want it to just be like, hey, here's a, a different social media platform where you can have free speech, period. That's it. Like, no, they're not pushing super hard into one political direction or another, even though you kind of read between the lines of some of the screenshots and you can see what they're going for. But for me, hey, if it's another place to promote content, I'll be over there. I'll be over there dropping content. Here's what YouTube does not want you to see. Hit the play button. <laughs> <laughs> There's the title. It's done. <laughs> That's it. Every I video. <laughs> I don't think they'll like my videos, but you know, can't hurt to try. You never, you never know until you try. Let me ask you this question. I know you said you don't want to touch. And we're going to move on to the next topic. But do you think Truth Social succeeds or does it go the way of Getter and Parler, which launched to much fanfare and then kind of became people just kind of screaming into an empty room? It's a network good, right? So it's only as value people are on it. If they can get past their technical issues, I think it probably does have a future. That's a huge install base, huge install base. And if 20% stick with it, they probably is, is, is a viable platform. And I, I don't know the ownership structure of it. I don't know if Trump owns it or is affiliated with it, or they just gave him, you know, say, okay, we, you know, we want you to we'll give you a platform here. I don't know how that works out, but it, you know, it could change. I think how people perceive it and how it gets used if it, ends up being a viable option. Mm -hmm. Here's what's interesting. You guys are both old enough to remember this. No, 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 for real though. Like this is, there's something that we- we over oh, three, Andrew. This is not a, that wanna, wasn't a joke. Just, for, for That's the not a joke. We were around. So my, my Twitter anniversary was yesterday. I've been on Twitter for 15 years, okay? Happy anniversary. Thank you. So what, what the point is, when Instagram launched as brand new out of the gate, there was something Instagram was able to do that gave it so much more value that they could not do today if it launched today. And that was, back in the day, social networks would share their graph. So when you signed up for an Instagram account when it launched, you can tap on find all my Twitter contacts and Twitter would give Instagram your social graph. And then anytime one of your Twitter friends joined Instagram, you'd get a notification. Oh, so-and-so who you may know is on Instagram. You want to follow them. So you Twitter's social graph went right into Instagram. With something like this today, if they had that for Truth Social or anything that launched today, you would have social networks that would be easy to grow 
because they're yeah. all relying on each other's graph. They don't do that anymore. They, they've kind True. of stopped sharing that. TikTok is like an anomaly. I would almost argue TikTok is not a social network. It's just an entertainment platform because there's not much social going on there. There's comments, but there's no, who am I following? It's, it's all about the For You page. True social is going to have, you know, you, you join, but you don't know who your friends, you have to like start over from scratch. So that's the one issue. But you, you remember that though, right? There were back in the day, there were services you would sign up and it's like, hey, find all your Facebook and Twitter friends right out of the gate. And you have a whole network right there. Can I just say that True Social is a social media platform which was created by the Trump Media and Technology Group. So Trump does indeed yes. own the platform. So I just, I want to I wanna correct that. So moving on, big rumor day. Huge rumor day. Big rumor weekend, which went into a large rumor day today. Where are we going to start with this, man? Can we, can we, just, can we just tease it? Oh, go ahead. We have foldables. We have headsets. We have mm-hmm. computers. Mm-hmm. We have giant foldables. Yes. We got a <laughs> lot to go through. I'm going to start with the stuff that we know is coming this year. We don't know when, but we know what's coming this year. You have to add allegedly in there, man. Allegedly. Our allegedly. Lawyers are, lawyers are going to talk to you. Well, no, no. Well, here, well, here's why I'm saying it is coming this year, because Apple told us two years ago that we are starting a two-year transition. And by the end of this two-year process, every Mac will be on Apple Silicon. And that end of the two-year process is Q4 of this year. So how did that happen? I know that was quick. I know. <laughs> so let's, let's start. So this is all courtesy of Mr. Mark Gurman, who we've had on the show before. One of the best to do it since he was literally 14 years. I've noticed he was 14 years old, a child, literally a child, just entering high school, breaking Apple news left and right. He's no longer a child. This was, you know, he's in his mid twenties now. Great guy. <laughs> Jenna was like, are we talking about children's rumors? <laughs> so first, 2022 Max that we expect to see. Mm-hmm. Apple has a lot of computers to release between now and the end of the year, which is about 10 months, 10 months time. Which is crazy. Let's start with an M2, the follow-up to the M1 processor. M2, the M2 will not be as powerful as the M1 Pro or M1 Max. It will be more powerful than the M1 and be much better at graphics. So what I'm hearing shouldn't be confusing at all. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, shouldn't be confusing. (laughs) We have a redesigned MacBook Air. The MacBook Air, if I'm not mistaken, has not been redesigned since 2012. Ten years. The MacBook Air has had the same. So it had that first design with a little hinge, which again, it's not a joke. I know the three of us are old enough to remember that first MacBook Air came out of the that envelope. Again. Hey, I'm saying we know yeah. what we're talking yes, about. I do remember. All I'm saying is we know what we're talking <laughs> I don't, about. I don't remember. What are you talking about? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I was that just first, being born. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> that first MacBook Air was pretty, it was like cool form factor wise, but it was a terrible computer. It was not good. Then they redesigned it with the unibody. Very good. Entry-level Mac. The best-selling Mac by far in their lineup. And it has stayed with that same design since then. So now the rumor is Apple is going to redesign the MacBook Air for the first time in a decade. Put an M2 chip in there. Some other rumors we've seen prior to this report were that they would be available in multiple colors, kind of like the iMac that we saw last year white bezel around the display instead of dark and a white keyboard instead of dark. Not going to get dirty. Jenna's face. Jenna's face just, just <laughs> went from delight to horror. <laughs> I was just thinking about the white bezel. The white bezel. Like the iMac. It's like the iMac, though. 
I know. And I don't know how I feel about it. Like I love the IMAC colors, but then something about the white bezel, I was like, eh, eh. I don't know if I was a fan of it. It does feel kind of Fisher Price-ish, right? Kind of. Like kind the of, colors yeah. and the, and the white. prices are not Fisher Price. No, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. I don't know. I'm here for it. Just a new design Apple product is always nice. We don't get yeah. it very often. I love the that is true. The M1 MacBook Air is amazing. It I is. I mean, it might look a little silly, but I think it'd be great. Okay. I don't think it'll be too terrible. I'm easy. I'm interested I'm easy. to see the design. Okay, I mean, Mr. Positivity. I'm, feel, I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling I good. But usually this. it's the other way around. Usually, <laughs> no, usually Andrew's, Andrew's a homer, and I got to be like, listen, man. <laughs> tote, tote, right. tote it down. I'm like, ah, it's cool. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, that redesigned MacBook Air, we don't know. So we think there's an event on March 8th happening. We think there are two or three Macs to be announced at this event. We don't know which of these is going to be. So all the things that I'm talking about here, we don't know which ones. If I had to guess, it probably would not be this MacBook Air. Next is an M2 13-inch MacBook Pro. So not the 14 or 16. It's the 13-inch with the touch bar remaining in the lineup with no redesign at all, just being given an M2 instead of last year's M1 or the two-year-ago M1. How do you feel about this? 13-inch MacBook Pro, the old style, with the touch bar, no changes, just here's a new processor. It's strange, right? Like, why? I mean, okay, look, when I first started using the new MacBooks, I didn't realize how much I missed the touch bar until it wasn't there. Like, no, it would just bad, bad, bad take. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I've also realized how much online shopping I did because it would just automatically, I could scroll through, find my credit card, scroll through, find my address, like get those emojis and, you know, scrolling through. And I was like, oh my God, I used the touch bar way more than I thought. Now, yes, I have adjusted and I'm like, okay. Maybe I don't miss it as much, but it's interesting because I know there are a lot of people who do use it a lot and who do miss it. So I guess having options is never a bad thing, but it's, it's interesting. Right. I do miss the emoji picker on the touch bar. Yes, exactly. That basically the touch bar for me was an emoji picker. And finding my address to just autofill it. I miss nothing about touch bar. Get out of <laughs> he here misses with that. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Not oh a thing. Not a thing do I miss about the touch bar. To me, it is strange, though, that so remember the entry level MacBook Pro 13 inch, it only has the two Thunderbolt ports, not the four. But when you look at the chip itself, the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro, the current M1, it's the exact same thing, except one has a fan, one doesn't. They have the exact same power. It's all about that chip. So redesign the MacBook Air, put a little bit of thermal whatever in there. It's the same computer. Why do we? Whatever. Least excited about this one for me. Okay. So I got to ask you, Andrew, why'd you leave with that? Well, I'm just going in order. I'm just going in order. All right. M2. All right. So I'm going in order of, oh, you got the Air, you got the Pro, then we're going to go IMAX. So I think this one would be one that we'll see on the March 8th event, which is a simple 13, same design. We just dropped in an M2. Enjoy. Next, 24-inch IMAX. So a follow-up to last year's multicolored IMAX, but with an M2 instead of an M1. Kind of the same thing that we talked about with the MacBook Pro. Makes sense. It's kind of like their phones. Every year they just update the chip. Obviously they do other things, but maybe we'll get new colors, different colors this year to kind of switch things up. What color bezel? It's staying white. Staying white. Okay. Interesting. All right. Because, you know, they're saving the black bezel for the next product, the M1 Pro, M1 Max, iMac Pro, right? That is one I'm very excited about. 
Will it be called I- iMac Pro, though, you think? The only reason I think it would is to differentiate from the 24-inch. I mean, don't call them both iMac. They had an iMac Pro. They discontinued it, right? Can I throw this name out there for Apple if you're, listening, if you're listening? Ooh, they're listening. We know they do. Call it the iMax. <laughs> I-M-A-X. I'm, but iMax is already, ta- isn't it already taken? All right, let's think about the movie industry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> all right, fine. I take, I take it back. I think, I think it's already taken. It's probably taken. All right. I think it's fine. Yeah, that sounds like a lawsuit. Get, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. M1 Max, IMAX. Yeah. So M1 Pro, M1 Pro, M1 Max options for the IMAX Pro, with the rumor being that you may be able to go up to two M1 Max processors Ooh, in there. That's so juicy. Ooh. Nice and speedy. I would love to see this on March 8th. I feel like we won't. But this is what I've been waiting for. Because I know, obviously, the Mac Pro, we want to see what Apple's going to do there. But that's probably going to be the last one, right? Out of everything that they update, it's probably going to be the last one. So let me see this iMac Pro, at least. I've been waiting. M1 Pro Mac Mini. M1 Pro Mac Mini. I think that's an underrated machine. For sure. For sure. But what's disappointing to me is the rumor saying it would only be M1 Pro. You cannot put an M1 Max in there. I mean, you could, Apple could, but they won't offer one. Because if you want the M1 Max, you have to get a more expensive computer. They got upgrade. Come on, though. Oh, my God. Because if you would put an M1 Max in a Mac Mini, you have in that tiny machine a replacement for the iMac Pro. By far. 100%. Right? But that eats into the iMac Pro sales. But Apple's never been afraid to cannibalize themselves. Ever. Right. So what's e- happening ever, here? Ever, ever, ever what's in a million, here, a million years. So I, I put that one as a, a rumor until confirmed, right? Okay, fair enough. These are all rumors. And I wonder if it's a, if it's a Mac Mini Pro, if the Pro is a new nomenclature there. You know, if they bring back the iMac mm-hmm. Pro, if there's a Mac Mini Pro. That would make sense. It would. I think it would make, make complete sense. Consumer and Pro models of each of their yeah. product lines. And then finally, the big one, the Mac Pro, which I am calling the M1 Extreme. This is just me making a name up. Up to the power of four M1 Max chips Ooh. in this computer. Jeez. With up to, I believe it was up to 128 graphics cores. I don't even know what to I don't even, it's like when someone says like a billion dollars. Like I know what the number a billion looks like, but to really, fa- how many dollars is that? Like I, I can't even understand it. The power of four M1 Max processors, when one M1 Max in the current laptop is incredible, I don't even know. I don't either. I mean, that's a lot. I do literally everything, and I basically have done everything off of my MacBook for the past decade, only because it's like I was always traveling. So, like, and it's always been, well, now it's enough for me. Because, you know, it was struggling before. For a while there, I did everything off the 13-inch M1, literally everything, base level with external drives. And now with the new like the new M1 Max, like it's incredible. So I don't even know what I would do with all that power. Would you entertain getting one or do you just like being a laptop person? I mean, I would always entertain getting one. I <laughs> just on. don't think, <laughs> I just think uh, I, I don't work enough to get one. No, I just like, I love the laptop and you know, if I plug it into a bigger display, it's great. I just, I personally don't think I need it in my current state, mm-hmm. but I, I would love it. Okay. Now, John, I feel like you're going to say, you're all about the MacBook Air. This sounds exciting, but this is not for you. I love the I love that these things exist. 
And I think the more choice people have, I always think, what's the cost benefit? Like, what's going to be the benefit of having three versus two? Like, what, like what's the benefit to export times, render time? Is it going to be just nominal at that point? So I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm using, you know, an M1 Pro, MacBook Pro right now. I love it. It's great. But I was fine. Honestly, I was fine with the MacBook Air. But you are also not doing like your editing and all that, right? I'm not doing most of the editing for, for the content that goes up on the platform. So in all fairness, it's not, hasn't been an issue, an issue for me, but I listen, Apple giving choice is a rare thing and Apple giving choice at the high end, especially like the ultra high end is becoming even more rare. So for the, the pros out there, the people that need it to add, I mean, whatever can render out the fastest we will buy and we will use. I'm still curious because the rumor still says that this is going to be a, the quote is a half size compared to the current Mac Pro, right? So I don't know if that means half size tall wise or width wise or all around, but like I just got this in, right? So this is a internal, like super fast SSD. It's like the 16 terabyte SSD. You put it inside the Mac Pro. I look at this and I wonder like, will this even fit in what the new thing Apple's doing, right? It's PCIe card. Are the modules that people bought for their current Mac Pro, if they want to upgrade, do those just go away? Do those just become useless to them. Can we talk about the ultimate, I, I think, irony? Apple creates a Mac Pro historically and doesn't update it for like nine years. Right. And then they create, and they finally, <laughs> they finally create the modular one that everybody wants and then they update it, what, like two years later? But something that, that, with, doesn't, with, that doesn't work? With no modularity? Like, what is happening? I'm going to go out on a limb and say there is a 100% chance that that module will work in the new Mac Pro. It will work. I, I cannot imagine a world... Where they told people two years ago, hey, come spend $60,000, $40,000 on this incredible computer that's going to be completely obsoleted. <laughs> Are we sure, though? Because I, I don't know. I'm going to say yes. It would only work, because looking at the physical size of the computer next to me, it would only work if when they say half size, they mean like shorter. Shorter. Because it has to, it has to be just as long to fit those cards. If it's just as long but I shorter... Cool. Unless they do something nuts where like you can get the external enclosure and plug it in with Thunderbolt mm. 3 or something. And they're like, it works. Right. But right, you got to buy true. this enclosure and you have like a gangly modular mess. <laughs> that was the trash can Mac Pro. It was like, hey, we have six Thunderbolt ports on there. So just string all this stuff all over your desk. It'll work. It's great. And you just have wiring everywhere. OK, so that so that's the lineup. We got the MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, iMac, iMac Pro, Mac Mini. And then the Mac Pro between now and the end of the year. That's 10 months for Apple to release six Macs. And the rumor was some of them in March. And then Mark Gurman said May or June. June. I mean, June is WWDC. You would Shortly think afterwards. Right. But at the same time, WWDC has never really been a Mac event unless it was for the MacBook Pro or Mac Pro. They never launched like a MacBook Air at WWDC. They launched the Pro level. So that might be where we see like an iMac Pro or introduction to the Mac Pro that they say is coming this fall or something like that. Okay, so that's the near-term stuff. But we've got some further-term stuff, okay? It's called the fun stuff. The fun stuff. I'm going to go in order of what I think is when we'll see them. First one, Apple's AR slash VR headset has finished production testing. So we've heard that Apple wanted to introduce this new headset this year, but they were having overheating issues because the rumor is it has an M1 Pro chip in it, not even a regular M1. 
an M1 Pro laptop chip inside of this headset. And it was overheating and they couldn't, they were having trouble getting that to, to work. And apparently they figured it out. It's finished production testing, which I believe there's one more phase before it goes into actual large scale production, which means we may see this thing this year after all. Should we take bets on it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Bet you one Bitcoin. Oh my oh, that's God. That's too much. <laughs> <laughs> Whole see, the here crypto baller oh God, over here. <laughs> I gotta say, Jenna is the crypto baller. Okay. Oh gosh. No, I wish, but <laughs> it is interesting. I mean, I feel like I don't see this coming this year. Maybe. But I feel like if they're going to do it, like they need to be sure that it's going to be done right. You know, it's Apple. So I don't know. I'm not sure if it's going to happen this year. This is a new platform. I think we're going to see it this year, but I don't think it's going to release this year. That's what I was going to say. When we look at Apple's, the last new platform Apple had was the Apple Watch. They introduced it. And I believe it took them almost a full year from when they told us about it to when it was ready to be released. If not, it was like, between eight months and a year. So I could see them at WWDC saying, here's our new, our whole new product, our whole new platform. Developers need to get on board to like start making apps for this thing before it's ready. They may do a developer program again where they ship out units to select developers so they can test their apps on real hardware and get things ready for a launch, say, holiday season, six months. Yeah, I could see that. Could be, or next April. It would seem like something like this would be a holiday. You want to hit the holiday season. What about all these chip shortages? I feel like everyone's like, <laughs> it's like all oh, these chip shortages. It's pushing everything back. That's true. That's why, I don't know. I could see them saying like releasing it for the developers, like, you know, announcing it. But I don't know. I physically cannot see this being in our hands this year, but I have no idea. Who, who knows? Anything's possible. Are you excited about wearing it though? Would you, would you? Also the rumor, the rumor is that this will cost between two and three thousand dollars for comparison's sake the meta quest 2 oh god that just rolls off the tongue doesn't it yeah (laughs) the meta (laughs) you have such a great brand in oculus and you just throw it away for meta but whatever the meta quest 2 i believe is a 300 hundred dollar product so we're talking about 10 times i think you're talking about different 10 times different use cases correct correct probably not even really in the same vertical True. For the average person, I would think that that would be the first thing that they so, would see. The average I, consumer out there. The, Apple has to tell a really good yeah. story. So I'm going to just guess what the story is going to be. Please do. Where this product could go in five to 10 years. Obviously, it gets shrunk down and smaller and smaller. Yeah. This theoretically is a replacement for a desktop computer. You sit down, you look at your desk, and you see a virtualized computer there. And much like you can buy through AWS, you can buy a virtual computer and you could pay more to have more RAM or software, you could probably do that same thing here. You look down at your desk, there's your computer, there's your desktop, look at your hand, there's a phone. If I'm gonna play the role of the Homer here, that's the vision, is this is this is a one device that can do everything for you. And as a portal to the real world, you can see the real world augmented around you. Obviously it needs to become smaller and less giant on a face and not be heavy. So this is different than like, hey, you can chop some cantaloupes being thrown at you and you can fight Darth Vader which is fun. And that definitely has a place, but those aren't devices that are competing in the same, the same world. Meeting up with people too. Like I imagine that like Memojis, that was just a beta test to get us to seeing our real life, quote unquote, metaverse Memojis. That's how in future geared up episodes, we're all going to be in the same studio 
looking at each other's emoji, having conversations with each other. That sounds horrible. Yeah, that would be cool. (laughs) You had two completely different answers. Okay. Oh gosh. Well, no. Okay. So I'm thinking of like using it for like a FaceTime. You know what I mean? Like you're FaceTiming with people and it's kind of like you're all in like the same room. I don't know. Like it seems kind of cool. I was going to say my niece who's two would love that because she loves FaceTiming, but I'm also like, okay, she's two. She does not need this. Right. I mean, none of us really need this, but I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It, It could be cool. That's an interesting comment, though. Like, we don't need this because obviously we don't. It makes me wonder, though, at some point, it almost feels like there was a time where Internet was a nice to have, like broadband, high speed. And now it feels like if you don't have that, you are at a severe disadvantage. I wonder at what point in the future, if you don't have a high powered VR, AR headset, are you going to be at a disadvantage compared to your peers in the world? I think tremendously. If this comes out and the vision is kind of what we described, this will be the most disruptive piece of technology long term that we've seen since the smartphone or, or maybe even earlier to home Internet. This has potential to change everything, good or bad, horribly or positively. A great way to FaceTime, a new way to learn a skill, a new way to interact with people, a new way to bridge distances and gaps and another way to build distance between people and to limit physical interaction and all kinds of other probably detriment society. But I think this is crazy paradigm shifting, if I could use that horrible cliche, if it comes. And I think the company who could do it is Apple. The company who wants to do it is Facebook or Meta. But the company who can actually do it, I do believe still is, is Apple. Yeah. And one of the things that you mentioned about just how, how much of a paradigm shift it is, like I've been looking at like the different apps and what they can do. And then I start to think about how that would translate to a headset. So for example, Apple's Translate app, right? If you speak into the the phone, you can have it automatically translate and even read into another language, right? So now imagine you're just having a conversation with someone in Japan and you're just speaking out loud and they're hearing you in their language and vice versa. Obviously, it has to be perfected. So you know how sometimes when you translate between languages, you lose stuff. But if they can get that down, it it almost becomes, it doesn't doesn't even matter what language you speak. We can just communicate we can do business or we can just have casual conversations with people. So, and that's just one of how many use cases that something like this can do for us. I'm just thinking like, what if I'm sitting on a plane and I've got like a movie downloaded and like, I can just have this over my eyes, just, you know, resting. I don't have to hold my phone awkwardly and I can just watch a movie Question. with my headset on. Question, <laughs> question though. We have the meta quest right now. And I've always felt like that would be so weird. If you go to your seat and someone just has the meta quest on their face. Would you do that today? Well, let me, let me see if I can, or let, it, let me see what, if I can explore and how I feel. Is it more like, <laughs> remember when AirPods were first introduced and every, like so many people were like, Oh, I feel too self-conscious. Gosh. I don't have any wires dangling. Yeah. I feel weird. I stand out. Who when said e- that? So many people were so saying that people I, said that. Yes. They're like, there's no, there's, it just has the stem that looks so awkward. I need the wires. So I don't feel out of place. If you see so many people out and about with Apple's headset on, you're just going to feel, okay, now I can put it on. It's fine. I mean, I stop caring what people think. So like I would be perfectly, I'd be like, yeah, this is just what it is. This is what it is. You know, I remember 12 years ago walking around with a camera, you know, filming myself and people are like, what are you doing? Like, and now it's just accepted. They're like, oh, she's making a YouTube video. So it's always going to be weird to some people until they embrace it Mm -hmm. or don't embrace it. That flip cam life back in the day. Flip. Oh yeah. Uh, no, we man. stopped talking about how old we are. Sorry. Uh, uh, not 12 years ago. I was, I was born. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next product. Next product. Apple's foldable phone. So this would be similar to either. I'm guessing it's similar to the Z Flip and not the Z Fold, but foldable Apple device, according to Ross Young, who is ear to the ground when it comes to the display industry. So yes, 100%. He's, he's really, really good. He says Apple's foldable phone. Originally, he thought it would be 2023. Now he's saying 2025. Oh. So three years from now for Apple to release a foldable smartphone. So for me, I don't care. I like foldable stuff. I think it's cool. But as far as like, do I need it? I'm totally fine with a Galaxy S22 Ultra. I'm totally fine with an iPhone 13. I'm totally fine with the Google Pixel 6 Pro. Like just the candy bar style that we've had for however long it's been. I don't feel like if I'm not carrying a foldable in my pocket that I'm really missing out yet. And hey, this also gives Samsung the opportunity to continue iterating and continue pretty much dominating this space, at least in the U.S. for sure. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> say it. If Apple comes out with this phone in 2025 and there's like a giant old crease in it and just like an iPhone that they slapped in half, like, <laughs> wait, <laughs> then what's the point? What took so long? Right. Yeah. yeah. But if there is a new use case, if they redesign the UI for two parts, vertical or horizontal, if there's a complete OS overhaul for what this can do, a bottom part for widgets, a top part for, for display, keyboard, which I know you're going to talk about with the next thing here, then the wait will be worth it. And I think Apple's, their volume numbers are so different. That's why they couldn't get allegedly, you know, high right. refresh rate on the iPhone for a while. So maybe it will be just like a Z Fold iOS version, but I think there's something going to be different here. And there's a reason for the delay if we ever see this product. And all the comments are just going to say, well, Samsung did it first. Android had it first. And you're like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still going to yeah. get it. So can, can I go on a tangent for a second? Can I just go on a all quick right. tangent? Do it. For Tan- a minute. Tangent away. I hate when I publish videos and people take the video into an Android versus iPhone direction, right? So I do Always. a speed test. Actually, I sent it to you, John, the speed test. I was, you were asking me about mm-hmm. Wi-Fi 6E, right? I did get those routers in, by the way. You got them? When is your I service did. coming in? John is getting five gigabit. Friday. Yes. Five gigabit service. Amazing. For no reason. Hey, it's because it's you, you can. So I do a speed test. Let me show you the speed test difference between Wi-Fi 6E and Wi-Fi 6. My tw- S22 Ultra has 6E. My 13 Pro Max has 6. Let me show you the difference. Now. I am going to steal that video, by the way, when I get it installed. I'll make wow. exactly the same thing. Wow. I'm just, I'm just telling Fair you. Fair enough. <laughs> so. Obviously, the 6E device, the S22 Ultra, is so much. It's crazy how fast. It was like 1.4 gigabits per second on my home network, which is fantastic. Now, this was a test between 6E and 6. Everyone turns it into Samsung versus Apple. This has nothing to do with either one. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It does kind of if Samsung gives you 6E in their phones and Apple doesn't. Well, here's the thing. In 2022... Both Apple and Samsung will likely give you 6E in their phones. Just likely. Samsung's phone comes out in February. And this is this is an annual cycle, right? Apple's sure. are going to come out in September. But it's not really about, because not all Android phones have 6E in them. So it's not about Samsung versus Apple. And people will turn it into that. And then I'll, but the thing where it's Android had it first, that's like the most ridiculous statement. Because then it becomes, if Samsung gives you this first, but no one else does. And if Google gives you this other thing first, but Samsung doesn't, 
And if LG, who no longer makes phones, but just grabbing another one, if LG does this other thing and Samsung and Google don't, but LG did, all three of those equal Android did it first. But Android did not do it. The specific manufacturer did. Samsung did it before Google. Andrew. Yes. Who hurt you? Listen. Who? who? Commenters. I think it was Android (laughs) fanboys. The Android fanboys. (laughs) Who hurt you? Listen, listen, the Android (laughs) fanboys are more toxic than the Tesla community. And I will stand by (gasps) that. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I think think the Tesla community is the one. No, the Tesla community. Wink, wink. It's crazy. You guys are still the most toxic. (laughs) But I'm just saying like, not everything needs to be a competition. I agree. Love it all. It's all progress. It's all moving exactly. technology forward. Why does it have to become, here's the thing I bought. Let me make myself feel better about my purchase by trying to make the other thing that I did not buy look worse. Exactly. My identity is tied into my phone OS. <laughs> and if your identity is different than my identity, then your identity is wrong. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I know. My Jeez. favorite people are like, you use a MacBook. You don't even use PC. I'm like, I literally say that I use my MacBook for like editing and stuff like that. But like I use a PC for like streaming and all types of other things. I'm like on my desk, I actually have more PCs than I do Apple products. And like, yes, I like my main phone. I have an iPhone and I have an Android phone. Like that's like, I use everything. Like why do I have to pick one? Right. Like they all have their different purposes, at least for me. And who paid you when you said something nice about <laughs> one thing or another? They will know with the hashtag ad when it is attached to it. I love that argument. <laughs> who, who paid you? Like, right. <laughs> the best cool. argument is when they say Apple paid you because Apple pays no one. They do not pay anyone. Apple no, does not God. pay. Apple will commission like artists to do specific things, but those aren't influencers. Apple doesn't just yeah. pay us to, like the way Samsung will pay us for brand deals. They do? No, I'm just kidding. I've done a few of them. <laughs> I digress. Okay, let's move on to the what may, may be the most interesting. The juiciest. Of these rumors. I, I'm, still, I'm still not even sure how to, how to comprehend this. I'm going to rely on you guys. Apple is exploring and developing a 20-inch all-screen foldable MacBook. 20 inches of foldable display. I don't now, even know what to, I don't know what to make with that. Like, now, what we're, what we're saying here, what we're saying here is you open this up. The top half is your screen. The bottom half is your computer or your uh, your keyboard, right? So you have like a but, really like weirdly wide angle display, like a yes, weird stretch display. But, but we're not done because imagine, we're, we're, let me, I'm showing these guys a prop. I'm going to try to explain to our listeners as best I can. So I have a Galaxy Z Fold 3 here. So you open it up. You've got your, your display at the top. You've got your keyboard at the bottom, right? But let's say you have a keyboard, you have a mouse, you have a trackpad on your desk. You can open it up all the way, dock it in front of you, and this 20 inches becomes your 20-inch display. Now, remember, this is also a full computer. You have a 20-inch display in front of you. You're doing all your work. You need to go catch your flight. You take your display, fold it up, put it in your backpack. Your whole 20-inch display is now in your backpack with you. You're on the move. You're on the go. You got places to be. What backpack is this going to fit in is what I want to know. Well, you fold it in (laughs) half. You fold a 20-inch display in half. It's probably smaller. My gosh, my MacBook is so heavy right now. I don't think I have any more space for this. The rest of this I stuff. Mean, this is, this, I think it's, it's interesting. I really just want a touchscreen on my MacBook. I feel like I would be happy with that. But mm. oh. if you want to give me this this folding 
Let's go, I suppose. <laughs> Listen, what you just said, I didn't even I didn't even think about that. But if this is a Mac and not an iOS device, that means touchscreen Mac. It's your first touchscreen Mac, right? Interesting. What do we think about this device? John, are you the most excited about this? I'm excited for new things, even if they end up being weird and unuseful. I'm excited for it. I don't think a strangely wide angle 20 inch display makes a ton of sense. <laughs> I mean, I can see a lot of I guess my dock would be huge, but I, you know, I can read one sentence of a website very, 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 very <laughs> far across. I imagine Apple has thought of that and I imagine that there will be a way around that. I think it's awesome. I think it's super weird if this comes out before a foldable iPhone does. That is the rumor, too, that this would launch prior. Yeah, which is crazy. Wait a minute. Let me correct myself. Let me correct myself. It says this would After? likely be later than 2025 with 2026 or 2027 I mean, being reasonable at possibilities. That, at that point, who the heck knows what Mac OS is going to be and there'll be some sort of hybrid stuff. I think it's cool. I'm excited for it. But there, there was one more rumor, though, too, though, that you, you, didn't, you didn't talk about. There's a rumor I missed. There is. And it's more imminent. Are we done with this one? Are we done with this one? All right. The folding MacBook, whatever. I mean, I think it's interesting. Give me it. I'll use it. I'll test it out. But I mean, like I said, I would be happy with the touchscreen Mac. So like, I'm simple. It seems weird to me to like type on a screen, but it also, it seemed like that when the iPhone first came out typing on a screen. So that's the only thing that the, the thing what John said about the aspect ratio, we just know 20 inches. We don't know if it's widescreen or whatever. So as long as you fit the aspect ratio correctly, when you unfold one way or another, it's weird. If it's not running Mac OS and it's a foldable iPad, which is really the only case of use cases to make a bigger iPad smaller. So you can put it in your backpack, mm, which that's okay, that's, that, that's neat and that's helpful, but that doesn't provide any new utility. Right, that's just the same thing. You right. fold in half. iPad OS would have to keep growing up to make that Correct. a more useful device. Correct. You can follow it through, or Mac OS has to change. All right, John. What what did I miss? What did I miss? That Apple finalized the iPhone 14 design. Oh, okay. Apple finalizes iPhone 14, and is being sent to manufacturing for the first rounds of quality control checks. Okay. Highlights of the iPhone 14 allegedly include tell us a bit of a chunkier body hopefully for more milliampage. Also means no camera humps on the back. That's the rumor. Larger megapixels, up to 48 on the back. Whether it's for larger megapixel images, or can do pixel binning, don't know. 8K video. <laughs> 8K video, presumably something better than two and a half, three times zoom. It would perhaps be there. But the biggest story, the big one of all. Don't you dare. The, bi the biggest thing that the iPhone 14 will have don't you say it. round volume buttons. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, aside from <laughs> aside from round volume buttons will be the removal, the loss of the SIM card. Nope, not that the notch, ladies and gentlemen, this, this man, here's the thing. I feel like it's people that are in like the super hardcore techies that hate the notch, but I feel like the average person out there, they still think it's cool. Look how the screen curves around. Like people still think it's cool. So it's such a funny difference between when you when you look out to the average person i mean i don't know if i would say it was like cool i'm gonna back I'm like, that yeah, train i'm up. used to it because i look at it but but yeah. we're not the ones i'm talking about here i don't notice the notch anymore at all and i imagine i won't notice a pill i won't notice a cutout i won't notice an eye i won't notice whatever they do but it is the next logical step where the iphone is headed right obviously the notch is not a permanent design cue sure sure absolutely. for the iphone so this is the next step either it, it going behind the display and being completely hidden 
which is awesome. This is a huge design change for the iPhone. It gets Apple closer to that one sort of unified portless slab. I think they're eventually building towards. There's been some conflicting reports of the SIM card being completely removed. Right. Which is interesting. Going all eSIM. I do want to say that there's a lot of people out there that are using eSIMs that do not realize they are using eSIMs. If you bought a phone from a carrier when it came out and you wanted to switch your iPhone, you went to take out your SIM, chances are you do not have a SIM in that phone. And a lot of people I do not think realize that. But also there are a lot of areas and a lot of carriers in the world where the iPhone that do not yet support eSIM. So I don't think we're there quite yet. But until it's easy to switch eSIMs from iPhone to Android, iPhone to iPhone, which is iPhone to iPhone, it actually is pretty easy. Pretty much just sign in and it, it moves Simple. your stuff over. Yeah. We are not going to not going to be there. What I do think we're going to see with the iPhone 14, and this is not this is not based on a rumor, nothing German said or process said. It's just me thinking out loud. Speculating. Speculating. I think we're going to see whatever new version of MagSafe with the iPhone 14. I think we'll see data over MagSafe. Mm-hmm. Data over MagSafe using ultra wideband technology, which yep. supposedly will be as fast as a Thunderbolt connection. There it is. Do you think they will remove the ports before making it USB-C? No, I don't think it's, it's never going to be. Never going to Never going to happen? Never no going to happen. I think we're a few years away probably from the ports actually getting removed, but data over USB-C enables CarPlay. MagSafe. Yeah, sorry, over MagSafe. Things like kind of wireless CarPlay, kind of not. Being able to sync without having to use that lightning port. It gets people used to the idea of not having to use that lightning port. It's huge. And it is not only theoretically possible, it is actually possible to do that. And I think that's going to be the biggest change and the biggest foundation and the legacy of the iPhone 14 more than the notch, more than round buttons and mesh over speaker grill and Mm. pixel binning. I think that's the legacy of the iPhone 14. That's when I think the future of the iPhone actually is going to start with this next generation. What I like about this, and this is now I'm speculating here, is when you remove the port, right? So currently the iPhone does not ship with a power brick, but it does ship with the cord required to plug into a brick, right? So that's what you need. Once there's no port, they're not going to sell you a phone that cannot be charged. So they're going to have to include a MagSafe adapter in that box. I think you're giving Apple too much credit, my friend. I think they'll be happy what? to, happy to sell you so a phone that, can, that, that cannot be charged. I think they're fine selling you listen, nothing. Listen, <laughs> they say there are so many phone adapters out there that we can give you the USB cable in the box and you have something to plug into power. But if you don't have an adapter, you do not need that because you can plug that cable directly into your Mac you can plug it into any USB-C port and start getting power. If they sell you a device with nothing in the box, that device might be dead. Maybe you bought it at Best Buy and it's been sitting on a shelf there. You, you can't even turn it on out of the box. You leave Best Buy alone. They wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> First of all, wire, wireless charging exists, not just MagSafe. So most, you, you can get a true. wireless charger. Could you imagine a world, theoretically, with this new generation of MacBooks, Mac Pros, Mac Pairs that have MagSafe built in to a nice little spot on next to, let's say, the trackpad, for example. Mm. Put, oh, put your yeah. phone there. That'd be nice. Put your phone there. That'd be beautiful. And you're, you're connected and, uh, and juiced up. Now, listen, I think Apple will 100% release a phone without a port, without a cable, happily. No cable. I think they are oh. happily, happily. But why do they it. put the cable in now? Listen, because they're going to come the cable up there now. and be like, our cables account for 17,000 landfills per year. <laughs> we are environmentally friendly. It has nothing to do with the cost of those cables and the shipping weight of shipping those boxes. We are going to save the turtles and we are going to not <laughs> ship cables. Look at us. 
I was going to say not shipping cables has saved 22 million turtles a there year. There you go. Hashtag, Apple. hashtag courage. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> that was made up, by the way. That was not a real statistic. No. John, when you said the cameras would not, would be flush, I'm curious about that. Because I'm thinking yes. it would be like the S22 Ultra. Yep. Exactly like that. Okay, so the, the lenses would still protrude, but not the actual camera bumps. So could, conflicting reports about that. Some have said completely flush. I'd imagine just for protection of the glass themselves, it probably will be a little bit of a protrusion, but not like yeah. a full square hump like we have right now. Because if you look at the iPhone, if they made it that much thicker to compensate for that, it would be ridiculous. It would be a ridiculous phone. It'd be a, quite, a, quite a thick boy. Yikes. Yeah, I just took a look at that. That would that would be pretty aggressive. <laughs> exactly. I also just realized that I forgot what color iPhone I had until I just looked at it. Do you guys put <laughs> cases on your phones? <laughs> I do not. I, I like to have a caseless experience because I don't want to have any more, especially when I use the Max. I don't want any more bulk than necessary. This is already a large phone. Okay, so you're not clumsy. Got it. All right. Uh, I didn't say that. I just said I don't want to. My case is called Apple Care. I used to always go caseless. I have Apple Care as well. And now I've got so many scratches on my phone, but not enough scratches that they'll replace the screen. Just the right, oh, like the no. annoying, the annoying amount of scratches. I have to like throw it out on the pavement for them yes. to <laughs> replace it. So now I do have a, a case on my phone. So you waited until all the scratches appeared. Then you put a case on so you didn't get any more. So, you, so now you can't get enough scratches to get it replaced. Yeah, there's that's, a case on it. That's true. What are you, what are you doing? shatter it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. Listen, Jenna, thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having the me. The greatest guest. In the history. In the history I of the show. It. At least this week. <laughs> listen. I'll hold this week. I'll take it. We hope you feel great going forward. You continue getting better. Looking forward to all this thank stuff you. dropping this year. Let us know on social media. I'm curious what people think about this 20-inch foldable MacBook. I don't know why. It just seems like so it's not going to, I just don't believe it. Seems nuts. Seems so crazy. Nuts. Yes. Let us know. Jenna, thank you again. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. I had fun. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live. And John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Just search Geared Up, that's two words, not one, in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at gearlive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.